Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Monday, August 10th, and that means, because it's still the offseason, football's coming, we think, at some point. It is time for a Mailbag Monday, or as we, what do you say, Breach? Say it, do the thing. Mailbag! Whoa, whoa, that was a really good one. John Breach, Ryan Wilson, the NFL super friends, uh, as you noted, Bleep, McBleep, McBleeperson is no longer here. We, we, we're not, we, do you guys, I don't know if you guys know this. We decided this, um, with Dubin. We're bleeping out the other old, the other old super friend's name for now until the rest of the time. Jay Cutler's number one fans being bleeped out. Yes. I got it. And in fact, that word is being bleeped out. So for instance, if you were to talk, like you're like, you know what? I really think that Bill's head coach, bleep, McDermott is going to do a great job this year. Or you're like, you know, I think that the Saints offense run by beep, Peyton is going to be really prolific this season. Or all beeps are removed from the rest of this podcast. That's a good example. Uh, if you watch CBS All Access, one of their new offerings is the Mr. Magoo cartoon. And I watch Mr. Magoo with uh, my eight-year-old. He likes Mr. Magoo. So you have to beep that out three times. Sorry, Debo. Okay. Mr. And Rams coach Beep McVeigh uh, might win the Super Bowl this year. No. Old prediction um, to start the podcast. There you go. But we're going to try not to say that word very much because we don't want Diva to actually have to bleep it out. It's going to be treated like an F word or the S word. It is the new S word, basically. Uh, anyway, this is a mailbag show with the Super Friends. Um, Wait, does that but, mean we're allowed to say the old S word now? Or is that still? <laughs> oh, there's two S words now. Okay, got it. I just, I just want to clarify. Um. Anyway, mailbag show. You can have any question you want, your heart desired, answered. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and maybe if you don't have a question, you could go and leave a five-star review anyway. That's nice. It says something cool about the podcast. And while you're at it, uh, if you like the podcast, go to youtube.com slash pick six. Go to that address. It may pop up if you do on your phone into the YouTube app, which is perfectly fine, and hit that subscribe button takes one quick second just hit the button and you can you can watch all of our shows on youtube all the shows that we do the podcasts that we do but if you subscribe it's a it's doing us a big favor we're trying to we need to win the pizza party so yeah i want to say real quick that i used to wear the same thing every day for these podcasts but now that we're on video i don't want people to think i only own one outfit so i literally only change clothes because we record podcasts uh by the way shout out to the awesome folks, speaking of clothes that we wear, I now have uh, different colored non-gray T-shirts to wear. For whatever, I'm wearing this very cool SMU shirt. I don't even really care about SMU. I have, like, one friend who lives in Dallas. And I like Dallas, and I like SMU. I just think the shirt looks awesome. The guys at Home Field Apparel sent me a little care package of shirts. They are ridiculously comfortable. Highly recommend you check them out. 
Uh, I think it's homefield.com, but I will check it out for sure. Homefieldapparel.com. I'm not being paid to promote this. I'm just telling you they have great, great college themed shirts. In fact, breach. Go to homefieldapparel.com. I believe they have Miami of Ohio, uh, uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts. Princeton, can I just say that, uh, you get more care packages than anyone I've ever met. That's because I went to boarding school. So that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, okay. Coming up in August, we are going to do themed weeks again to preview the season. We're going to have a nerd week, which is like analytics week. Um, we already have, uh, Aaron Schatz of football outsiders lined up to come and break down the football outsiders almanac. I would recommend you buy that. Um, uh, maybe we'll try and get, we'll see who else we get on. Last year we had Warren Sharp on. His book is great too. If you're looking for NFL preview stuff, I think those are probably the two best preview magazines to check out. You can get them both on PDF, like 30 bucks a pop. It's a steal. They'll get you ready for the season. Um, and, and you'll find tons of great nuggets. It'll help you out gambling and, and fantasy and all of that. So make sure to check that out. We'll have fantasy week and gambling week as well. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get to the mailbag, shall we? Hey, by the way, um, at the end of this mailbag, I'm going to mix up. I'm going to ask a mailbag question. My own mailbag question. Ooh. Listeners, cause I, I got a, uh, got some little throw, little something I'm going to throw at you. All right. Good. The guy who's obsessed with planning things out decides to do a mailbag question that's not in the rundown at the end of the show. Excellent. Do you want to, I guess we won't start with that because I would really ruin the Why you do anything except sit there and pretend you're paying attention to us and watch golf? Uh, you know what? The golf coverage actually went off, I think, while, uh, while, uh, while this started. So that's, that's quite unfortunate. That's funny. I had to pull a few strings before the podcast started to make sure Brinson would actually pay attention. So I got the golf taken off there. Thank you. I'm Brinson. watching the featured groups. Man, it's good to have major golf back in our lives. We're recording this obviously not on Monday. Anyway, uh, let's get to the reviews. First up, gotta give Brinson credit. What a fantastic way to start a review. I finally got around to listening to the Wind of Change podcast after Brinson recommended it to the pod a few weeks ago, and GD, it is fantastic. I was skeptical at first, but it's a similar format to Serial with a more interesting premise and some kick-A music sprinkled in. I tried to spread my podcast over my commute in a week, but ended up binging the whole thing in two days. Great freaking recommendation. Football question is, would you guys rank the best non-quarterback draft pick for each team over the last decade? And the absolute worst pick for each team from 2010 to 2019. P.S. I live in Houston and honest to God forgot Bill O'Brien's last name the other day and kept calling him Billy O'Brinson and my friends without even realizing it. That's mmart6767 via Apple podcast. Uh, so does he want one for every team over the last decade? I feel like that we should just make that its own podcast, Eva. We're going to answer a couple of them. We're going to post it on social. Um, but yeah, let, let's not do every 30, 32 teams is going to take us six hours. No, I'm dead serious. We should make that a, 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 like an off season podcast over the next couple of weeks. But, um, obviously Brinson saw the huge compliment he got at the beginning of this question. He missed the note from Debo that each of us would pick one team, uh, and cover it so that we'd only cover three teams and not all 32. No, no, I didn't miss the note. Debo and I are talking about this. You're going to do the Bengals. Ryan's going to do the Steelers. I'll pick some team. And then we'll do the rest of the teams as a separate podcast. It's a good topic. Like, it's a great off-season topic to talk about, don't you think? Yeah, I do. Okay. So are we going to save it for next year? Or are we going to save it for, like, when the NFL ends up postponing, like, week four because of coronavirus and we have a free time? That's... It, not me. Um, would yep. you... Who would like to go first, Bengals or Steelers? I'm actually going to go with the Jaguars because the Steelers are pretty easy. Like, um, oh, they have, 
<laughs> the Jaguars? Well, I thought they, you know, I'm trying to find some good draft picks for the Jaguars. So, um, just looking quick, I mean, there are a couple. So, first round picks, you did, uh, we'll go through the list of guys that could be nominees. Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco's guy, he was their very first pick ever in 1995. Um, Fred Taylor, 98 was their first round pick. He's legit. Um, let's see what else we got here. Marcus Stroud should be in the mix down. Henderson, those guys could be. Byron Leftwich, maybe he's not among the best two there. Wilson, I'm sorry I have to interrupt real quick. Yeah, please stop him. Uh, the, question, the question specifically said over the past decade between Uh-oh. 2010 and 2019. I love that you went the extra mile here, did some extra credit. All right, uh, here we go. We're only looking at the past decade. And this, I have bad news for you. The Jaguars haven't made a good draft pick I was gonna say, in it 10 years. It's more difficult. So we may have to grandfather in those two, those few names that I mentioned, the very first pick. Um, Tony Baselli. Okay. So here we go. 2010. Um, Tyson Alu Alu, he's average. That's fine. So look, Blaine Gabbert was 2011, the first round pick. I'm just going to the first round picks for now. Are you looking for the best or the worst here? I'm, this, I'm trying to, it's going to be hard to find the best. Blaine Gabbert on an island would be one of the worst picks. But when you see that the very next year they drafted Justin Blackman in the first round, you're like, Oh. Blaine, Blaine Gabbert might be the best pick. But you know what? Blaine Gabbert and Justin Blackman aren't even the worst pick of those two years because they took Brian Anger instead of taking Russell Wilson in the third round. That's a punter in the third round. He's not telling the Jaguars anymore. Golly, they're so, oh, my gosh. Hey, Brian Anger is one of the best punters in the league. And he's not on the Jaguars. Then they took Luke Jokel. Terrible pick. 2013 was a bad draft, so we'll give him a bit of a pass there. Blake Bortles in 2014, uh, I mean, look, you know, he took him to the AC championship. I mean, anyway, yeah. he's, he's not worse than, um, worse than Blaine Gabbard. I don't think if you're ranking quarterbacks, right? I, yeah. But I mean, I would say that like he was just good enough to get a contract extension, which makes him worse. So he's out of the money for the worst. Well, I would say the Blaine Gabbard. I mean, it, I would say it's Justin Blackman, but Blaine Gabbard, you make the argument because since they drafted him in 2011, that's why they didn't draft Russell Wilson in 2012. Cause they're like, Hey, we still have this guy. We took him in the top 10. We got to see how he pans out. Uh, so we're going to take a punter and but, not take Russell Wilson. But he made making matter. But then the Blake Bortles argument is because they have Bortles and extended him, they took Fournette over Deshaun Watson in 2017. And they liked Deshaun Watson, as Pete Prisco has told us numerous times. So really every pick, I, I don't know how you find a best pick by the Jaguars. No, the best pick, we'll find that. Justin Blackman for me is the worst pick just because he worked out 0%. You, Breach's argument is, is a decent one. I get all that, but I think you can't argue that Justin Blackman, who was fifth overall, my God. So here's the, the best player in my mind. It could be Jalen Ramsey is in the conversation. Miles Jack Lesso, he's sort of fallen off a little bit. Unique and Gakwe, probably the 2016 draft class. I think you go with Jalen Ramsey, even though clearly he's no longer there. He's not on the team. He didn't make it to his, he didn't even finish out his first contract. He's draft I mean, Does he have to be on the team now? I mean, I think it's a bad, well, it's 2010 to 2019, so some of those guys probably okay. they they accurately identified Jalen Ramsey as a as a high level yeah. talent and right. selected him with the fifth overall pick in that. Yeah. Year. So I yes, if we want to do that, like I don't know if you can. Go, I mean, Yannick falls in the same boat, right? Like great pick, but he oh, he's still there. Telvin Smith was a great pick, and he just left the team. Right. Well, the funny thing is, you mentioned that do they still have to be on the team? Because I was going to say Allen Robinson might be in the conversation, but clearly he's no longer there either. Yowzers. I'm just going with Jalen Ramsey. All right, if they have to be on the team, I mean, who are you possibly going with? Josh Allen. That's not even a joke. Gardner Minshew. Actually, Gardner Minshew might be the answer. <laughs> Six-round pick. He's their starting quarterback. He could be good. Yeah, he he told uh, coronavirus not to, to bother him, and coronavirus left, so that's something. Yikes. All I right. did the same thing. 
What a disaster that team is. So we don't agree that Justin Blackman's the worst. Some are on the Blaine Gabbert. You could put Miles Jack in the conversation. He's pretty good. I mentioned that too. I said he, he's fallen off a little bit. He's still I mean, on the team as well, but I, I'm fairly certain that they took Blaine Gabbert one pick ahead of JJ Watt. Um, yeah, JJ so. Watt was like 11th, I think. When was, uh, Blaine Gabbert was yeah. 11th. I think JJ Watt was 12th and then Ponder Gabbert was 10th. Gabbert 10th, Watt 11th, then Ponder yep. was 12th or something like that. It wasn't a good choice. Uh, this is tough. Yeah, this is, I'd rather do this than the Steelers. The Steelers are pretty straightforward. All right. So I'm going Justin Blackman. Are you guys going with who for the worst? I would, I will take, um, Mm. <laughs> I'll take Blaine Gabbert because they took him over Watt, and then it took them out of the running to go after Andrew Luck, uh, Russell Wilson, yeah. Robert Griffin, or even, I mean, frankly, Ryan Tannehill. Who, yeah, anyone will do better. Yeah. Reach, who's your worst? Uh, am, what, am I still doing Jacksonville or am I doing the Bengals? No, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on the Jacksonville before we wrapped it up. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with everything. Uh, yeah, Justin Blackman was the top of my list. Because, look, he was top five. Was he top? He's the fifth overall yeah. pick. Fifth and overall. I still think, I think he's technically still on the roster, except like the suspended roster, where if he ever decide to come back, Jacksonville still holds his rights. Um, I, I think that's the clear cut answer, and I think you can make an argument for Blaine Gabbert because that set the franchise back so far. But then, kind of an argument for Blake Bortles, but just because he went to one AFC title game, I feel like that puts him slightly above Blaine. Yeah, Gabbert. absolutely. And I'm going, I don't care what the rules are. Jalen Ramsey's the best player. That's right. fine. Um, okay. Who's next? What about the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, the Bengals, the best non-quarterback pick over the past decade. I, I have, I came up with two. You guys can decide which one you like better or decide if there is one you like even more. Number one is AJ Green. Uh, yes, he missed the whole entire season. We can hear Brent's diatribe about how the Bengals are a dysfunctional organization because they practice in Dayton. They let their star player on a high school playing field, and he injured his ankle. We know that, Brenton, but still, A.J. Green's been fantastic. I like, I like that you don't want to bash the Bengals, so you frame that as me, something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you like you know the truth and don't want to thrash the Bengals. So you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, Brenton says this. Anyway. Um, And then... The other one is 2010, so at the beginning of the decade, both at the beginning of the decade, because A.J. Green's 2011, uh, is Geno Atkins, who I think was one of the biggest steals. He's been one of the best defensive linemen uh, in the NFL over the past decade. I think he was on the only player from the Bengals on the all-decade team. He was taken in the fourth round. and He has a higher, he has a higher uh, career average, uh, approximate value. Higher than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. Yeah, you know, Atkins, Atkins has been, he's, he's just, he's in Cincinnati. He's on the defensive line too. He gets lost to the, like, the, a common fan that doesn't really follow the Bengals. But Geno Atkins it was, I think Geno Atkins over the past decade. Fourth round pick and he's, he was in 2010 and he's still playing at a high level for that team. I think it's a slam dunk. Yeah. I think he's my, he's my number one. Was there another one or is that just those two? Um, I remember it's non quarterbacks, obviously. So just, just those two. Oh yeah. I'm going with, I'm going with Geno. All right. Who's the bottom? He said uh, non-quarterbacks for for that one for for the good guys. Yeah, the, the best non-quarterback for and the, the bad absolute players. worst pick. Yeah. yeah, the worst pick could yeah. be a quarterback. Yeah, the worst pick is going to be Joe Burrow. Next team. Nice. Uh that's not funny, Ryan. No, it's not. That is not funny. <laughs> it is not funny. I'm, I'm actually hurt that you said that. Mm, I have a nominee for. for no, I already have. I have one, and you guys might have a different. I'm only going to name one here. The worst pick I think in the past ten years was Cedric Aguiye. Uh 
Wow, I'm shocked that you didn't pronounce that correctly. Well, you did, didn't he? Yeah. You pronounce it, Brenton. Cedric Bowie. Uh, I actually uh, might be with Brent. I don't usually mispronounce Bengals players' names. Uh, we'll see. Awesome. Devo, keep both of these so I can press the button and uh, hear how Brenton mispronounced it, even though we'll never use this name again because he's probably out of the NFL in like a year. Um, but he was a first-round pick in 2015, and he never really did anything, battled injuries, and uh, only started 25 games with them over four years. All right, here's mine. Oh, first-round pick, though. 20, I agree, I agree that he's a bad pick, but 21st overall is not. But it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be a first rounder. And I will say this too. Going with Cedric and Jake Fisher, um, that combination was supposed to reset the Bengals offensive line. Either way. And it really led to Andy Dalton's demise. Well, and not just because of that, because they, uh, uh, Fisher was also a tackle. So that's what they spent their first two picks on. And because they spent their first two picks, that's why they let Andrew Whitworth walk. Right. And, and Andrew that Whitworth. is what led to Andy Dalton's demise because the offensive line fell apart after that. So it's the whole top two picks of the 2015 draft. No breach. Pronounce his name again, Cedric. I, I don't want to. No, just tell me what you said the first time. I think you're right. Aguie. No, you guys are both wrong. According to the pronunciation guide provided by Debo. Aguie. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> Debo's making it up. I think there's a good case that John Ross is the worst pick. I was going to say, John Ross for me is in the mix. Here's my list of guys. Billy Price, maybe, because he got benched. I don't think he's the worst, but I think he's in the conversation. Are John- you aware, Ryan, by the way, of who was drafted immediately? One selection after John Ross. Let's see. He was ninth overall, 10th. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Not sure if you've heard of him. He's okay. He's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. And the Bengals were in the market for a quarterback. They're not drafting Patrick Mahomes. They, Andy Dalton led in the playoffs for five straight years because he missed the playoffs one year. They're not going to replace him. They were not going to take a quarterback in the first round ever. In that, and that doesn't mean John Ross was a good pick. It wasn't a good pick. They never should have made that pick. I mean, the Packers had, they Packers were never going to take a quarterback. They weren't in the market for a quarterback. And they Brett Favre was 36. Andy Dalton was like 28 years old when this draft Andy was Dalton, up. Andy Dalton. 28 years old, five straight playoff appearances. Brinson, you're not drafting a quarterback. That's just foolishness. You'd be fired as the general manager. Hey, they don't even I have a general manager. No, I wouldn't because I would have Patrick Mahomes on my roster. Breach, you won't believe this, but I distinctly remember thinking the Bengals are idiots for taking John Ross. I distinctly remember Princeton saying, I love this pick. It's going to transform the offense. Uh, by the way, uh, Andy Dalton was 30 years old at that time. He spent two more years on the Bengals, and now he's on the Dallas Cowboys. And the Bengals got lucky because they have Joe Burrow, but they could have Patrick Mahomes. And what do you think Patrick Mahomes does in the Bengals offense? You think the Bengals have a Super Bowl win? No, he's out of the league now because he has two broken arms. Exactly. Your argument, your exactly. Argument, your argument is I don't want Patrick Mahomes because my team is the Bengals. Like, I have another name. I want to run by Breach and, and Brent. No, my argument is your totally revisionist history. The Bengals went out of taking I, a quarterback. Why is this right? the day that you're getting angry at Brentson for doing what he? I'm always... not. I'm not angry. Okay. Mad I'm saying, angry. Brentson would not be a good general manager. No, we all agree on that. Okay. Let me throw this name at you, <laughs> Brentson. You can answer too, but I think it'll it'll affect Breach more as the worst player in the last decade. Uh I'm thinking of one play, play in particular, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I mean, he had that fumble against the Steelers, and because, I mean, he couldn't show his face in Cincinnati after that. He's the reason they didn't win the playoff game. The playoff drop was going to end with A.J. McCarron beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jeremy Hill fumbled it away. And the thing was, he had a decent career in Cincinnati. He was pretty solid for three years. Touchdowns. But all anyone is going to remember, anyone in Cincinnati is going to associate him with that fumble. And even though he was decent, I, you can put him on the list for that. And do you know who? So drafted not far after uh, Jeremy Hill, 
Carlos Hyde, two picks later. Carlos Hyde would not have fumbled that ball. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of picks after that, Allen Robinson and Jimmy Garoppolo, followed by Jarvis Landry. All three of those guys uh, you would clearly much rather have than Jeremy Hill. Well, like the breach's point, Jeremy Hill was not bad. Until- oh, man, Morgan Moses, too? That- <laughs> what about Morgan Moses? He's not a game changer. I mean, he has – you would rather have Morgan Moses than the offensive lineman that the Bengals had. Well, sure. I would rather have you than those two guys. I'm just saying in 2014, they took Jeremy Hill over those group of players. Morgan Moses is there. You could have built – and the next year they took two tackles in the first two picks. If you've gotten Morgan Moses, maybe he's your right tackle and Whitworth's your left tackle and you feel safe. You don't have to draft Cedric and Jake. Uh, yeah, but Jeremy Hill went over 1,000 yards rushing his rookie year. He led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2015, and he had a pretty solid 2016. And, and, he, and he was the 55th overall pick. And he probably prevented Andy Dalton from ever winning a playoff game in his entire career. So and, well, Dalton wasn't the starter in that game. Boom! Dunked on. <laughs> uh, oh! oh! <laughs> you just dunked on yourself about the Bengals not winning. Um, all right, we're moving on. Do we want to? Should I, should, <laughs> no, let's, let's, pick, let's pick a random team for me to do. How about the? I'm not looking at the teams. Go do the Panthers. Oh, do the. I feel like uh, that's who you would want to do. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, do Detroit. That's a good Ooh, team. All right, that's a good one. Random, high interest team. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're doing the best non quarterback. Um, and we start in 2010, which means that Calvin Johnson, of course, is off the list. Matthew Stafford is actually 2009, so it wouldn't count. And Donald could sue second overall. So I think we'll pass on that probably. Surely they've had something, uh, better since then. I am not seeing a lot. To really dig into here. Oh, Kenny Galladay's the answer. Uh, third round pick in 2017. Um, I think pretty clearly the best pick that they've had in the past 10 years, just in terms of value, the player. He's really developing into a, a quality player. Um, any other, any arguments for anything else? I would say Darius Slay in the second round, pretty strong also. Yeah, that's good. I, I don't know if it's better than Galladay, but that's pretty good value. Calvin yeah. Boy, second round pick in 2014. Yeah, he did. I mean, but he, was good with the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Darius Slay's gone too, but. I don't give you any credit if you draft, like, I don't give you credit for, like, drafting a guy who then is, bet, like, good with another team. Like, that's not a great draft pick. You're just a, you're an idiot who. Yeah, you guys draft. want a fun fact? My dad was drafted by the Lions in 1978. And, of course, as Brinson's point here, he didn't play a single game with them, but played oh, that for 14 yeah. years. Um, and then the, uh, the worst pick for the Lions, who this is, it has to be, I hate to dunk on him here, but I think it has to be Eric Ebron, right? Because if you look at, in the 2013 draft. Nick Farley wasn't great. Yeah, but here's who. No, he wasn't. They, they take Nick Farley second overall. I think I may have argued that, that they should take, did they take him second overall? Is that right? 13th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an argument that he would go second overall. And that, that was in the 2011 draft. So he, he was. Okay. So. Here, here are the list of players taken immediately after, um, Eric, why, why did Eric Ebron just disappear? I hit the wrong button. Hold on. Uh, immediately after Eric Ebron. It is not a great list if you're an Eric Ebron supporter, but I'll let you guys decide ultimately whether it was the right move or not. I'm going to list, uh, six players taken after Eric directly. The, the six players taken immediately after Eric Ebron. Here they are. Taylor Lewan. Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, and Zach Martin. Yeah, I mean, like that's pretty bad, guys. 
it's people struggle to hit on tight ends in the first round. They do because you're looking for guys who aren't blockers, but who are receivers, and they typically don't work out because they they don't block. Well, and to to complicate matters, five years earlier they had taken Brandon Pettigrew out of Oklahoma State in the first round of tight end. That did not work out for them. Well, he blocks and he doesn't catch. So they needed both of them on the field at the same time, I guess. I would argue maybe Tease Tabor's in the conversation because they took him in the second round and he washed out super fast. Ooh, this is actually not great either. Here's the guys immediately taken after Nick Fairley. Robert Quinn, Mike Pouncey, Ryan Kerrigan, Nate Solder, Corey Legit, Prince McAmara, Adrian Claiborne, uh, and then a little bit after Cameron Jordan, Jimmy Smith, Mark Ingram, Cameron Hayward. So that's not That was that 2011 class that's stacked with Hall of Famers. Yeah. Titus Young had mental health issues, so I don't think we can include him. But um, Javid yeah. Beth didn't have a great career. He got hurt, though. Uh, the irony about the Ebron pick is that over the past decade, there have only been two tight ends selected in the top ten of the NFL draft, and the Lions did it both times. You don't take a tight end in the top ten, but Detroit did it twice, and no one else did it even once. Well, look, Nick Fairley, in his defense, he had at least five and a half sacks three times in his one, two, three, six-year career, including six and a half his final year with the Saints in 2016 when he was 28 years old. But even still, after that season, he wasn't re-signed. I think Ebron's worse than Fairley. Yeah, no, no, I, I think you're okay. right. All right, now let's move on to another team in the NFC. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think it's a fun exercise, though. I think we should go through and uh, and do that for every team for a mailbag. Or are we running out of time before the seasons before the season bunny quotes starts? What does he call them? Bunny ears quotes? Bunny ears. Bunny, bunny quotes. There's there, there's no ears involved. Just is that something ears, like the, your parents said? The ears are implied. Bunny quotes. Why couldn't this be elephant ears? Why does it have to be bunny ears? Elephants don't have ears. Like put them up no, there. That would be weird. Bunny, elephant ears. What, what elephants? Like, Where'd you go to the zoo, Wilson? Air, yeah. What? These bunny ears? What are these? You can hold them. They definitely look like bunny ears. Please, you might want to clip that for a future. <laughs> and we got a snort at Orion. Love there it is. Home this is why you got to watch the YouTube to see what we're doing. It's getting a little crazy. Are you getting the next question, Brinson? Is that what we're doing here? I am. Okay. We'll go, go for Brinson it. It says, Tyron Mathayu. No, it doesn't. Could you please ask Breach? <laughs> what was the name you couldn't pronounce to start the before the podcast? T-O-M-M-Y is how you would normally say it. Wait, was this before or after you didn't know how a beer koozie worked? Ooh, this, ooh. <laughs> you, you, I can't do it because the beer is open. I mean, in theory, this soft drink is open, so I can't reattach the koozie. But hold but up the koozie. For YouTube listeners, I was pointing out that I have this stupid, uh, <laughs> this dumb uh, college jersey, like a football jersey uh, koozie, and I put a can in here. I was like, how are you supposed to drink it out of this little hole? And Breach is like, that's for a bottle, moron. I actually had one. I forgot. Oh, look at that. A Steelers. <laughs> Brinson did not know how a beer bottle koozie worked. That is the more. Anyway, we were talking story. about golf, and Breach was asking what I thought about Tomai Fleetwood. <laughs> and we were like, what do you, it's Tommy, you dumb dumb. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then we realized Tommy. that Breach, and then Breach, to prove the point, brought up a, broadcast that uh that that was like here's how they pronounce the name and it was a british broadcast and we realized that Bre- uh, wait and time out it wasn't just any it wasn't just any british accent it was our good friend trevor noah at the daily show fellow viacom cbs outlet so you can't our argue co-worker. With 
or pronounces co- it the same way I do. That's all. Right, but that's all. Trevor Noah is British. You are not. Um, first of all, Trevor he's, Noah from South Africa. He's South African, but yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, Brenton, while drinking uh, a bottle of beer koozie with a beer can, Trevor apologize, Trevor Lawrence, but I meant that he has a, Trevor a, a British South African accent. I didn't mean he's he's British. That was that was wrong of me. Probably waiting into waters. I don't want to wait into here. My point being, no, I think that's fine. Yeah, is he that does, he has a lot of accents. I don't think. He says a British South African accent. He says a South African accent. My, my, my point being is that Breach very clearly is using Trevor Noah and other British type people to learn how to, phew, Brendan Steele misses putt, um, to, uh, to learn how to pronounce names. And that's how we end up with things like, he's like, so like Trevor Noah is doing the day show. He's like, all right, we'd like to welcome on now hero of the Super Bowl 53, Tyron, Tyron Mathayu, as well as Tommy Fleetwood. And that's how Breach, we figured it out. We cracked the code. Breach is using British people to learn how to pronounce names and then using those pronunciations in day-to-day life as an American on a podcast about football, which frankly seems fairly inefficient, John. Uh, look, here's the, if you want to, do this experiment at home. You have a kid that is under the age of four. Let your kid watch Peppa Pig nonstop for a month and nothing else. They will be speaking in a British accent, and you will still uh, and you will think it's adorable. Maybe not as adorable when you're my age, but there's nothing wrong wrong with learning from people who speak with accents, Brenton. Let's be honest. And of course, serving as the head coach of the Super Bowl in this year's contest, it's Bill Belichick. How <laughs> says it? What do you? How do you say Belichick? Bill Bell Belichick. Bell Belichick. Oh my God, it is how you do it. Bell Belichick. You, you look up, you, do you research everybody's name in, in like from British people? Maybe. I watch you, the Daily Show every night. That's do you like watch it? I don't watch, I don't, I should probably sit and say this, but, um, I don't watch it as much as I used to. We used to watch it. I used to watch it. I loved, uh, John Stewart and I just haven't, you know. You know where John Stewart went to college? You're going to win Mary? You know it. Played soccer. Oh, wait, really? In the 80s. I wonder if you went up and at, told, like, hey, John Stewart, uh, I went to William Mary too. I wonder if he'd run away like Bleep McDermott. <laughs> Probably. He'd be as impressed as Sean, Sean McDermott was. All right. All right, read the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next question. This podcast helps get me through the day. Love the podcast. Listen to it every day. Thankful that one, Bleep is gone. <laughs> Just so we're clear, Sean is gone. As well. Bleep that out, Debo. We don't say it anymore. And two, you turned me on a sip of sunshine IPA, which I found at my local Wegmans. Truly a good beer. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even, it's not good. It's great. Yeah, and if you get to Wegmans, Wegmans, man, good for you. I might go get dinner at Wegmans. I've never I, been to Wegmans. I don't know how Wegmans sushi is in, in Raleigh, but in, in upstate New York, it's actually really, really, really good. I might go get that for dinner. Do you, would you feel comfortable eating sushi from a grocery store in a pandemic? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I mean, Wegmans isn't just your run-of-the-mill corner IGA. They're legit. Yeah, I know. I mean, you don't I, have a sip of sunshine down there. Is that correct? I've never been to the Wegmans, so I doubt it, but I, I haven't checked. You better check that out. I should go for the first time probably tonight. Oh, yeah. The bomb. What are the other nice restaurants that are uh, – restaurants, uh, grocery stores that are below, you know – um We have uh, a Harris Teeter, of course. That's nice now? It used to be just regular. Uh, well, I would say they're tiered like this. Uh Fresh Market, which is the heat. Fresh Market's awesome. They always, they're always like, have like, it always smells like freshly ground, like, uh, artisan coffee beans. Yeah. And they've got like great, like, you know, like, 
they got good deals on like crab cakes. Whole Foods little thing. Whole Listen, Foods I am, is right. I'm zero percent, zero percent surprised that you shop at Fresh Market. Fresh Market, it's, it's great. It's expensive. I'm saying it's, it's not. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, Whole Foods is right is is a step down from Fresh Market in my opinion. Wow, good lord, that's a lot. You spend a lot of money then. No, 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 not price. I think Fresh oh. Market and Whole Foods are probably the same price. I see. Just experience in your mind. I mean, Whole Foods gets you bad. Like you go there, you buy an av- like you, you go to get an avocado and you walk out, it's like seventy four dollars. Right. Um. Then I would say then below Whole Foods is Harris Teeter, and then below Harris Teeter is Food Line. What about Piggly Wiggly? Uh, Piggly Wiggly. Fantastic, but probably closer to food line and only available down east. What about Kroger? Uh, they got Kroger is gone now. Kroger is not gone. Is it based in Cincinnati? Is the greatest grocery store on planet Google, Earth? I think you should Google Kroger and find out if it's still working. Like many things in Cincinnati, I think it failed. Are you kidding me? Kroger is the largest grocery chain in the country, maybe in the world. It's not Reece, failed. This is Reece picking some weird hills to die on. Um, I will predict correct that hills. Wegmans will be. Uh, Tier one B once you once you get there. Do you think Wegmans will be slot in between like is it better than Whole Foods? No, it'll be below that. It's it's bigger. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm I'm sorry here. I'm sorry, Breach. Uh Kroger bailed on the triangle. Ooh. It moved out, citing too many uh too much competition. Oh, by the way, one more thing about it's because there was this Kroger on Six Forks Road. That was like right down not very far from us and like right down the street from a Harris Teeter, and literally everything was like a quart, like a, like 30% off the price of the Harris Teeter. And it was just as good. Both Brinson and Joey Crenshaw, who, who, who set this in. When you, next time you go to Wegmans, sushi's good. See if they have Sip of Sunshine Raleigh. And also, I'm not kidding. Go to the bakery and buy the chocolate cake. It is the best chocolate cake you've ever had in your life. <laughs> By the way, this, uh, this question has nothing to do with grocery stores. And don't, don't sleep on Publix either. Don't. Uh, oh, you know what? Sorry. I did. Publix recently got into the Raleigh market. I would put Publix. Somewhere, I think Publix is uh, slightly better than Harris Teeter, maybe. Maybe right. a lot better. Report back. Uh, talk next week. Okay. Tra- Trader Joe's. Will? Trader Joe's. Oh, Trader Joe's. Good little, call. Little TJ's. Yeah. Like I like. I was like Trader Joe's above Harris Teeter for sure. Like, what's your favorite thing at Trader Joe's? The cheap ass wine. Mine are JoJo's. I can eat four million JoJo's. JoJo's. Oh my god! So the Wegmans actually open next to the Trader Joe's here. That's- I honestly think we could have our own grocery store podcast. Debo, can you? Do we need that right now? Anybody at Viacom, CBS, need that? Is all right, that so all right, let's. All right, so a Fresh Market to me is a clear step above all of those. All right. Um, I can't rank Wegmans because I haven't been yet. I need to go. Aldi. Um, how would you guys put Trader Joe's and Whole Foods? I might lean Trader Joe's. Joe's is so much cheaper. Exactly. And the people there are always smiling. They wear Hawaiian shirts. You can find everything. The thing I don't like about going to any grocery store is that's 4 million square feet. You can never find anything. Cause my wife asked for like the smallest can of spice. I don't know where, I don't know where it is. Like coriander. Yeah. I don't want, where, I'm not going to ask anyone for coriander. Are you crazy? So at Trader Joe's, you can find it. Yeah. That's a good point. My problem with Whole Foods is that, I mean, frankly, the whole experience is quite douchey. <laughs> and this is Captain Douche. <laughs> I mean, everybody's like, everybody's like very organic and excited about things. It's like, no, 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 no. Quit acting like you're saving the world. <laughs> Where you yelled at the guy wearing a mask. You're lining. No, that was at a, fr- that was at a fresh market. I was about to, I was staring the guy down. Upscale yelling. Uh, now you have to wear one in all these places. But uh, Trader Joe's, I mean, to Whole Foods, it feels like these guys are trying to save the world. Yeah. And it's like, look, you're lining Jeff 
Bezos pockets, or as Breach would say, Jeff Bezo. He owns that. He yeah, owns he bought, Amazon, he which owns Whole Foods. You don't use your Amazon thing for Whole Foods? Yeah, Would you, you got your home? Amazon card. You get 5% off. Of you don't, I don't well, think it's items. It's not the whole thing. I don't think or it use the Amazon credit card. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, this is <laughs> way, way off the Devo's rail. like, get back on track, guys. He's like, is... Devo's like, look at I said, I didn't write down rank grocery stores. Although Devo <laughs> did throw out Trader Joe's and help contribute. I did, this. but this is definitely the worst you've been since Game of Thrones last year. Mm. Really? <laughs> In terms of like, ran, like random off the rail stuff? I don't know. Maybe you it's know just what, though, in the moment. That- Debo, not everyone watches Game of Thrones, but everybody goes to the grocery store. You have to buy food, so I think everyone knows what we're talking about. I would, I would think. Yeah. You know, what, you know what is happening? It's Monday, right? And it's I'm, I'm getting. I think I'm getting nostalgic for the pre-Debo days because I'm realizing that Debo's one-year anniversary is coming up on this podcast. Oh boy! Wednesday is Debo's one-year anniversary. I don't know how to spell Debo's last name, but you should tweet at him. Um, follow him on Twitter. I could probably spell it if I tried to, but I'm not. E E B A R D I N A S I S I S. Second. Yep. I S. Wow. Yes. What's the chances Debo just turns in his pink slip on Wednesday and just says, try working with Brinson for one year. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye Felicia. I'm out. Bye Felicia. Uh, 60, 60, 50, 60%. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Does, uh, oh, let me finish the, let me finish the thing. Uh, anyway, I'd recommend it if you can ever find it. Any beer from Evergreen Brewery from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Juice Juicy is their best IPA. That's a great uh, name. What uh, and then uh, what NFL players, while not bust, haven't lived up to their potential? For example, Haha Clinton Dix has had a solid career, but perhaps is expected to be a multi-year All-Pro player. Again, keep doing what you guys are doing and stop sleeping on the Steelers this year. Joey Crenshaw via Apple Podcast. Okay, so what is the best way to do this? Maybe to take. Um, like what is our, I don't think you can use, I don't think you can use anybody from, I mean, I think you got to look at first round picks, right? Cause that's yeah. what we're looking at. Yeah, I don't definitely. think, I don't think we should pick anybody from 2018 or sooner. Right. So scratch. So, 2017 qualifies. Yeah, sure. Let's see what we got. But most of these guys are still, I mean, let's say John Ross. Like we don't know. We know cool. John Ross. I, I know, but I'm saying like, all right, well, let's, I let's, thought let's John go. Ross could fall in that category. He's gotten better every year and he's got a make or break season. They took him one pick ahead of Patrick Mahomes and he okay. has, by my count, 49 career receptions in three years. What are you talking about? That's not bad for a single season for a running back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, here's a good example. How about Mike Williams taking above, uh, John Ross and ahead of Christian McCaffrey? Is that yeah. a bust? Had some injury issues. Hasn't really panned out though. Yeah. Uh, from that same draft, I think you could throw out Malik Hooker. Andrew issues again. Yeah. How about this guy? How about Devontae Parker? Brinson's guy. Oh, boy. Ooh, interesting. Is he 2017 or are you just picking up random guys? I, well, 2016. Okay. I think. 2015, sorry, 2015. I feel like 2017 we almost have it. Because, like, John Ross could have a breakout this year. I mean, like, in theory he could. Or like Evan Ingram could have a monster year or Malik Hooker. So I think start, let's start with 2016. So you think Devontae Parker qualifies? I would, uh. He's 2015, but yeah, I went back to 2015 as well. What about Jared Goff? Yeah, I was thinking about quarterbacks. I mean, he clearly hasn't lived up to it, but he makes a ton of yeah. money. They're not going to do anything with him. But for he's a- not a bust, but obviously he's not a bust. Bowl. But I don't think he's lived up to the hype of a number one overall pick. 
And he hasn't lived to the hype now playing in Sean Bay's system, which makes you wonder, okay, how would he do in literally anyone else's system, not named Kyle Shanahan? He'd probably be worth I think maybe a better example from that draft class could be Leonard Floyd. Again, injuries or no? Like, Artie Burns is straight-up doo-doo. He's, he was 25th overall. I mean, Leonard Floyd has 18 and a half sacks in his career, which is not great, but he's been a pretty good player. But What about Will Fuller? I mean, injuries again, but. Yeah, Will Fuller's had some. Yeah, Will Fuller could qualify. Shaq Lawson? I think a lot of it's. It's hard, to, it's hard to call somebody a bust later in the first round. Well, not a bust so much. Just hasn't lived up to expectations. Like Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, which is a good example. It's Ha-Ha Clinton Dix is a great example. He's the only example. That's not true. <laughs> there was one player that fits this category, and we can't find anyone else. Uh, Trey Waynes. Yeah. Uh, you mean Bengals star cornerback Trey Waynes? Right. Wait, his first Super Bowl ring in Cincinnati, Trey Waynes? Um, let's see. Who else from? Actually, I think Devontae Parker is the what about What about Dante Fowler? Oh, wait, Devontae Parker is 2000, yeah, 2015. Yeah, he's the equivalent of Haha Clinton Dix on the offensive side in my mind. So I think I win. Um, that's a good example. I'm just trying. I think I really do think it just has to be a first round pick. I don't. Was Haha first round pick? Yeah, he was first round pick in 2014. Vic Beasley. He yeah. led the league in sacks one year and then didn't got cut and, and kind of flopped. But I mean, like, I'm saying, like, yeah, maybe. Um, Jake Ma- uh, Jake Matthews pretty good. Here's like. Is Jadavian Clowney lived up to the hype? No. But he hadn't been a bust. Maybe Clowney's a good example. Is Nobody it, says, how could you have taken Clowney over Greg Robinson, Blake Bortles, and Sammy Watkins? Does Sammy Watkins count? Uh, maybe. He got helped by playing Chiefs last year. Khalil Mack, obviously, you would take him over Jadavian Clowney. But Jadavian Clowney isn't known for being an edge rusher. Nobody. Free, I think Clowney's a great call. Pass rusher, that is. But nobody freaks out about taking Sammy Watkins over Mike Evans, and in hindsight, it was a, a terrible pick. Yeah. So Cleo Mack has twice as many sacks as Jadavian and Clowney, and they were taking four picks apart. Yeah. Uh, there isn't anybody, I don't think, from the 2013 first round who was actually good. <laughs> that was a tough class, yeah. Oh, uh, it was awful. Uh, oh, DeAndre Hopkins was is in that first round. Uh, Travis Frederick, too. 2012. There we go. Don Terry Poe? Yeah, he's still playing. He's hanging on. But Desmond Trufant was in the 2013. Yeah. Um, qualify. Would uh, I'm going with Jadavion and Devontae. Those are my picks. All right, I like those. That's a hard question. Yeah, a lot of hard questions. To debate. Yeah, I know the the, the mailbag people are just you guys are testing us. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and that's it. That's a good list. Turn that into a 10 podcast, too. Um, and we come back, we'll talk more mailbag questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Awesome podcast from El Joshua Zero via Apple Podcast. Hey, Pick Six team, awesome podcast. A few points and a question. Yes, Brinson cuts people off too much, but it is worth it when he freaks out. And yes, he is funny. Thank you. Wilson is awesome. And I used to swear that Breach and Bleat used to be the same person putting on a slightly different voice. I'm all audio, never video. Question. Reminder, if you're all audio but never video, you can still subscribe to YouTube and help us out. Question. Tua gets dinged for having an amazing receiver core, receiving core at, at Bama, and it said that it may have made him look better than it really is. But why can't it be flipped to say when you have a transcendent quarterback, you encourage the development of your wideouts as well? With the four presumably first-round wideouts he played with, all have progressed this far if they had Hurts or Mac Jones playing the whole time instead of Tua. Curious to hear your thoughts as a Finns fan overseas in the Cayman Islands. No way. Who needs a football back uh, or else I will hate my fall. Keep up the good work, guys. I love the Caymans. Go scuba diving there. Uh, I haven't been in a while, but we usually go to Cayman Brack. Uh, we used to go once a year. My dad would take me. And then I got married and had a kid. And now they don't want to take us anywhere. So that this is a good question. I like this question. So um, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, this year Jalen Waddell. Uh, Devonta Smith are all going to get drafted probably in the first round. So those are four first round talents running around there. And you could argue that Mac Jones, who ended up coming in for Tua once Tua got hurt, would have some of that success. But I think, and Jalen Hurts, and, but I think the, the takeaway is that, yes, part of it's Tua, part of it's those four first round wide receivers, but it's also the five first round offensive linemen, the two first round uh, running backs and the 11 first round defensive players on the other side of the ball that make Alabama so good. So you can interchange one or two or three guys and still have some of the similar results. I went back and looked, um, at the 2013 season at Alabama where Breach's guy, AJ McCarron played his final year. And I think he was a fifth round pick maybe for the Bengals who almost won that playoff game breach. His, his wide receivers, his final year there, Amari Cooper. He's okay. Kevin Norwood, um, I think he was drafted in the seventh round. I don't think he played, though. TJ Yeldon, O.J. Howard. So, again, Kenyon Drake was on that team. Stacked. Derrick Henry was on that team. Do you have players that can help you out around you, even if the quarterback, in this case, Najee McCarron, was only a day three pick? Um, I, I think everyone helps everyone, and you're playing as Alabama, you know, if we're sort of half-joking, as the 33rd NFL franchise, and they're just dominating just about everyone they play. Well, and I think that is the thing right there is that it is hard to gauge because you are more talented than 80% of the teams you play. It's hard to gauge how good the quarterback is. I think we all agree that Tua is very talented, but there's a reason that Alabama has never really produced. Uh, I mean, it's been forever since they had a good quarterback come out. And it's because when your offensive linemen are better, your running backs are better, your receivers are better, when you get to the NFL, you're not going to have that advantage anymore. So it's about how fast the quarterback can think, how fast he can react, how quickly he can learn defenses. Because if you didn't 
learn a defense so well in college, well, your offensive line might be able to make up for those mistakes because they can block a little bit longer. Your receivers are better than the corners, so they can get open faster. So you have all those advantages working in your favor uh, that you're not going to have in the NFL. And I think that's one reason why we haven't seen an Alabama quarterback succeed at the pro level since uh, Joe Namath, I think. I was going to say Joe Namath, and you were serious. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 Joe Namath. So uh, it is, that is, that I think that is why you see Tua get dinged a little bit because it comes with being the quarterback Alabama that people want to see that your talent translates to the NFL before they say, all right, this guy's going to be superstar. Reach, what about, I think, did Richard Todd go to the, go to Alabama? I think Richard Todd did go to Alabama. Let me check. I don't know why he Who else went to Alabama? AJ McCarron. Freddie Outhouse. Richard Todd, 1976, sixth overall pick. Alabama? Alabama. Oh, look at that. Oh, Ken, Ken, Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler, yep. Ken Stabler. But, Stabler. Yeah. How okay. dare you? Can you imagine Ken Stabler in college at Bama in 19, like from 1963 to 1967? Cause that okay. dude used to ride around in the, when he was a pro with the Raiders, like chief and SIGs on jet skis with like a bunch of women. He probably was cleaner cut cause playing for Bear Bryant. I don't think he probably looked like the rock star that he eventually became. See if you can dial up any. Ken Stabler college pictures. I'm guessing that he was not less wild in college. No, that's right. I, I, I'm just saying he may have looked, oh, he was super clean cut at Alabama, but he could still have been buck wild at the parties and having a good old time. Oh, um, he, he was clean cut. Yeah. I mean, well, he was there in like the early sixties. Like you weren't, you weren't showing up with like a hippie here in the, even yeah, he was, he was 68 draft. Even Joe Namath, Alabama, his photo was super clean cut. Yeah. So, uh, Nick Saban. <laughs> would have gotten – did he have Bertie Croyle? No, right? What no, I don't think he was – Nick Saban – so Nick Saban's Alabama quarterbacks are Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, Jalen Hurts, um, Debo's guy, who obviously transferred to uh, Oklahoma when he was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa, And those are the four guys that have made it to the pros or at least were drafted uh, out of Alabama. And I think one of the things with Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron that stands out is, like you were saying, they're not – Tua was the first really dynamic quarterback that right. they even had. Drop back passer. Yeah, I mean, like they have always asked their quarterbacks to they really said the be, classic like pro style quarterback for so yeah, right to be game managers. I mean, you know, when you look at like the production of these guys at college, I mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't like outrageous. Like Greg McElroy had. 5,691 passing yards in two seasons as a starter, basically. You know, that's not a ton. He threw for 39 touchdowns, which is pretty good over four years, but not a lot. I mean, that's not crazy, you know? Burrow threw for 60 last year. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Burrow, yeah. And A.J. McCarron, same deal. He was – they were what Nick Saban wanted. He wanted guys who could manage the system, make the throws when they needed to, take some shots down the field – but largely be game managers. And then Tua sort of became a more uh, dynamic uh, guy. And uh, Blake Sims, Jake Coker, and John Parker Wilson also within that range of, of quarterbacks, as Debo points out. So helpful, Debo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think I, to, to answer the question, I mean, for me, um, it was unfair to point out all the players that Tua had around him because nobody was also pointing out that Joe Burrow had just as much, if not more talent around him at LSU, like people weren't pointing that out. They weren't noting that he had a crazy good offensive staff coaching him, that he had 
tons of first round or second or third round talent around him as well. It, it seemed to be sort of a double edged sword in that sense. And I think Tua, people wanted to ding Tua for whatever reason coming in because he had been the guy for a while. That's just how it kind of works. If you've been, if you're an established Heisman favorite, people are looking for reasons to ding you. And Joe Burrow, you know, rose throughout the season in terms of his hype and his production. And so nobody, everybody was just sort of riding the wave and they weren't looking for reasons to, to bag on Burrow. So hey, that's a big point. It'll be, I guarantee you, it won't happen to Joe Burrow because he left. But Trevor Lawrence might be a guy who gets dinged for being so great for so long. If he doesn't play lights out every single snap, there will be people saying, okay, what's wrong with Trevor Lawrence? So. Well, and then oh, you yeah. also, you also have the ding. It happened last year that we talked about with Tua that LSU hasn't been able to produce a good NFL quarterback either. Well, been... and, but, but don't forget who was coaching at LSU for a long time. It was Nick Saban. You know, he ran, he did the same thing. Like he wasn't looking to have a high octane passing attack. He wanted to run the football and play great defense and grind you into dust. And that's just how he rolls. And he's sort of, he's sort of changed a bit now that he's gotten, uh, who's the OC is, oh, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. By the there, way, yeah. Sarkeesian just got a raise. He was making 1.6 million last year. Guess what he's making this year? Two five. Two five. Can you really? Getting that kind of, I thought you saw it. Getting that kind of pay bump. Um, and then before Sarkeesian was, uh, Brian Dayball and before that was Lane Kiffin. So, I mean, you, or maybe, maybe the other way around Kiffin and then Lane Kiffin got left at the airport because he didn't show up on time. No, 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 no. He, he no, Saban told him to GTFO, uh, cause he was like, he's just taking the head coaching job at FAU. I think before that he, he got left somewhere because he didn't show up. That was when he got fired at USC. They left him at the airport. They're like, you're fired. Goodbye. And left him at the airport. <laughs> Crazy. Time. Uh, right. Yeah. It's insane. Anyway, I, I really think it's more of a byproduct about what Saban has wanted to do. And then he's sort of changed that dynamic a bit as he's moved along in, in recent years. So I, I think it's an unfair ding to answer the question of the listener. Moving along. Moving along. Super friends. Do you guys want to do some trivia? Heck yeah, we do. Well, you don't have a choice. Oh, okay. What <laughs> do the last names George, Thomas, Kennedy, and McCants have in common? This is Jonathan, aka Walking Creeper. Is this the same guy or is it? I assume it is, but or they're just like a bunch of rogue walking creepers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, what's funny is that at, before I got to the McCants part, I thought, George Thomas Kennedy was someone's name. Like George was his first name, Thomas was his middle name, and Kennedy was his what last are the name. The last names. George Thomas Kennedy and McCants have a common. I can't look at this question and not think about Rashad McCants. That's what it immediately my mind's good. I don't know any of the McCants. I don't know Rashad Kennedy or Rashad Thomas or Rashad George though. Um I don't know the answer. When do we find out the answer? All I can think about is Ian Kennedy. Is it possible that well, no, McCants? I don't, I don't know. I think he left the answer. I have, in, I have the answer. If you guys want to ponder it a little bit more, if you want me to to share a little okay. bit. Well, I think Brinson just gave us the answer. I wouldn't have gotten the answer, but I have it now because Brinson helped me because well, he's a super friend. Are they yeah. all named Rashad? Let's. <laughs> um. Oh, Brink, why don't you give it? Once you once you give us a little hint and see if Ryan and I can yeah, deduce it. it. Let's do it. Uh, quickly googled it. What? No, I didn't. You you said you Ian said Rashad McCants, and it got me thinking, and then and Ian? then I got it. Okay, well, the hint, Thomas. The the hint is Keith McCants. Keith George, Keith Thomas, Keith Kennedy. 
I think we're barking at the wrong well, tree. I, my hint was going to be their, their last names of players in a certain draft class. You have to identify the players and the year. Oh, uh, Lincoln Kennedy? Nope. Who else is a Kennedy? John F. Kennedy. These were the first four picks in a certain draft class. Oh. Oh, Jeff George. Oh. Oh, Wilson's on the right track here. Is, uh, is that Thurman? Thurman Thomas? No. Thurman's older, I think. I can't think, I can't look at this and not think of Paul George, Ian Thomas, Ian Kennedy, and Rashad McCants. I'm, I'm lost on this trivia question, so I got nothing. <laughs> Thomas is a, uh, is, is a Penn State running back. Oh, Blair. Yep. All these, Ooh, all these guys have girls' first names. <laughs> Cortez Kennedy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Who's McCants? McCants. Keith McCants. I don't remember him. Is he a tight end? Is it actually Keith McCants? Yeah, it's a defensive end out of uh, Alabama. Okay, huh. 1984 NFL draft. Ooh wee. 1990, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough. Walk, walking Creepers like 12 years old too. I wonder how he, he knew that. Why? Well, I, I don't understand the the. <laughs> I mean, it's a good trivia question. It's trivia. If you if, oh. if we'd said name the first four picks of the 1990 NFL draft, how many would you have gotten? Zero. I think we would have gotten Jeff George if we thought it through. Maybe so. So I think at least one. Jeff George went to ECU, right? No, 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 not ECU. Where'd he go? He went, he went to uh, he went to high school with Whitlock. I know uh, that Illinois, Illinois. That's right. ECU. Jeff Blake went to ECU. Jeff Blake, <laughs> shaking Blake. Maybe I should stop drinking. Name the first four picks of the two thousand draft. Okay, right. um, Mike Vick. Yeah, Michael Vick. With Danny and Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Nope. Wrong, wrong year. That's a one. Oh. Dang it. Uh, oh, Peter Warwick, Bengals. Correct. I know that. Number he was four. One. He was number fourth four. Overall. Fourth overall. Fourth overall. Um, I can tell you the teams. Cleveland had the first pick, and then Washington had the, the following two picks, uh, actually. Cleveland. Oh, Washington's LeVar Arrington. Oh, good call. Oh, yep, yep. And, and, and Penn State. Yeah. And Cleveland took the, um, the defensive tackle out of, I think he went to Miami, maybe, but he's the guy that said he's going to rip Ben's head off. Hey, uh, he was, was a boss. um, the first two picks were from Penn State. Oh, oh, uh, oh! It wasn't the running back. It's not the running back that. Um... Arrington. No, it's a de- it's the it's a defensive player from Penn State. Yes. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Lamar is that the, not the two defensive? Was. Is that right, Diva? Yes, he was a defensive end out of Penn State. It's, Did not um, have a long it's... career. Injury oh my god! Career. It's a couch in '99. Oh my God! It's in, so, oh, 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 oh! It's Courtney Brown. Yes. Yep. We actually did we answer this question previously on the podcast, and I had to. I couldn't guess Courtney Brown because he was like, "It's a girl's name." What's the number? What's the three? The number three. And then team, we, got, we, we got three out of four pretty quickly. Longtime Washington Football Club offensive tackle. Morgan Moses. Alabama. <laughs> uh, that one's Chris, Chris Samuels. I don't ah. think I've gotten that. Oh, he was good. Dang it. That was tough. Sorry, right. Chris. That's the one we should have known better, I think. Yeah, Chris Samuels probably not whoever, whoever said, whoever threw out quickly Mike Vick messed us up. That was me. How about? But I tried to get us back on track with Peter Warwick. Let's fast forward just one more time. Ten more years. 2010 draft. First four picks. Oh, yeah. 2010, number one is Sam Bradford. Yep. And, and Domica Sue, we already talked about that earlier. Who, what team had the number three pick? Uh, Tampa. Uh, Tampa had the number three pick. 2010. That was yeah. That was long after Gruden took the running back out of 
Cadillac. Bradford and six. next two picks, three and four are from Oklahoma. All right, so I'll start over. Was it was the draft start? Oh. Next text. <laughs> oh, she's on the way to her, my mother. Twenty twenty ten. First four. Twenty ten. So we established uh, one is uh, Indominus Sue. No, nope. <laughs> That's number two. It's number one quarterback out of Oklahoma. Number two is um, Sam Bradford, Indominus Sue. Yeah. The next three, next two picks are out of Oklahoma. You said Debo? three of the top four picks this year were from Oklahoma. No. The fourth overall. This is pathetic. Though. Is, is Trent Williams is going to win comeback remember, player of the year? So we've written so many Trent Williams stories, right. and I have written well, that so many times. It's like burn uh, my head. So then, who who was who was selecting third? Tampa. Is it? It's nope. not Cadillac, right? And and this <laughs> player is now he'll he's still in the league, going to be on his third team this year. Hold on. Oh, Gerald McCoy. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. And four is in fact. Williams, the 2020 comeback player of the year. Is four, is four Trent? Yep. Yes. All right. Oh, right, we got four out of four there. We got three out of four in 2000. Not bad. We'll have to mix Not in bad. more trivia. If you have trivia questions, leave them as a five star. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving along. Aqu- oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, we mentioned you should leave questions on um, Apple Podcasts. You can also leave them on the YouTubes. YouTube. This is from. YouTube. Archit Suresh from YouTube. Love the pod, guys. You may recognize me as the 16-year-old who submitted his application for the pod on Twitter. Now that Bleep's gone, Wilson and Breach should make the argument for being the number one super friend before Brinson randomly plays the Dickie V clip. My question, due to playing with all-timers like Brady, Breeze, Rogers, and Ben, will accomplishments from guys like Rivers or Matt Ryan go unnoticed if they never win a ring, and how does this affect their names in the Hall of Fame discussion? So first, uh, 10 seconds each, make an argument for uh, number two super friend behind me. Ouch. I want to make the argument to be the last place super friend. Oh, 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 what a big jam. Well, I think it's funny that Archit uh, is apparently – Brinson is not a super friend necessarily. We are his friends that are super. You know what I'm saying? That's why hmm. you can't be – like it's Will Brinson and his super friends. They, I hear people call it that. I think it was all of us as the super friends. Well, that's how I see it. But if you're that's the number he, one, that's how I'm interpreting his question. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think of us more like, um, a Captain Planet episode. Okay. Planeteers. The Planeteers, the right? And, they put all the rings in together. Right. Um, and Earth? now we just don't have, well, I think I'm probably Earth because Earth is number one. Oh, okay. Captain. I picked Earth first, though, Prince. Oh, I, maybe better. I, I see us like I, I see us Voltron, like and you're Ninja the head. Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Okay. okay. Like Donatello's the- gone, and he was sort of expendable anyway. So you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Raphael is probably the most expendable turtle. Oh God! Again with the turtles. <laughs> Would you prefer something else, Ryan? The turtles came after me, right in you, you guys' sweet spot. So I don't. Voltron, know. there you go. Is that better? Turtles were everything for us. Voltron, Transformers, those things I understand. The the turtles I don't. Well, Brinson is the guy that forms the head in Voltron, and we're just like the arms and legs that flail around. Don't get any credit, but we do all the work. Right. Okay. That, well, but now well, you're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. But I mean, also, like the head wouldn't be functional without the rest of the pieces. Oh, right. Exactly. You know what I mean, like it's. Like I mean, I'm the I'm the host. You're literally the mouthpiece. I yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't see us as like I, I don't. I mean, I certainly didn't mind for my ego when they're like 
when we do like an HQ show and they're like, and now Will Brinson and the Super Friends. Like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, my favorite part of that is when Breach is on and he's listed as a co-host to the the Pick Six podcast when he's doing a a single on. Uh, that, that doesn't bother me. I mean, not even when I. You know, it doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. You know, Brinson is emailing his agent. Why is Breach being uh, pushed as a co-host? What's yeah, going like, on here? Get yeah, that like, out. Hey, hey, change that. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think that the the podcast is. People like the podcast because we all work together. So, um, also that question sort of implies that bleep was number two. Oh, that does. That's, and that, I don't think he would say he was number two. I don't think Will would say he was number two. Yeah, we're in agreement. No. No. This is Will's list. And just over there. Why do you keep calling me Will? I don't know. <laughs> He's British. He's a robot posing as a British. <laughs> I can't mispronounce it. I'm, Programmed by Jerry Jones, I don't even speak the right language. And just in case there's any confusion, like the way we talk to each other here is literally how we treat each other in real life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although I would say our text threads are ni- a little bit nicer, maybe. Nicer than the ones you're on with some other people, for sure. They're only nicer because you're afraid they're going to get screen grabbed and put on Twitter. That's that's you, you got to censor uh, yourself. Okay, so to his real question here, um, yeah, absolutely. I call it the uh, Phil Mickelson effect. Phil Mickelson could be a top five golfer of all time if he hadn't played when Tiger Woods played. And that's just sort of, you know, the luck of the draw historically. It's, there's nothing really you can do about it. And, and this applies as well. Maybe you call it the Belichick effect. Like, what what does Andy Reid do? What does Mike Tomlin, what does Bill Cow? you know, what do all these coaches do, these great coaches who coached in the same division or at the same time as Bill Belichick? I mean, you – well, you don't get as many rings because Bill Belichick was gobbling them all up. And yeah, what if Adam Gase is actually greatest coach in NFL history? We'll just never know because he's stuck in the same. Or division. Rex Ryan. Yeah, let's, let's not discount that. Um, but let's discount it. To the point, like, yeah, I mean, the guys who don't get rings are inherent. When you talk about quarterbacks and Hall of Fame accomplishments and where you stand in the pantheon of all-time great quarterbacks. Like Dan Marino is probably the most talented quarterback of all time, or arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. But no one in their right mind would ever try to argue that he's the greatest quarterback of all time because he has no ring. And so you have no leg to see. He went to one Super Bowl, went to his second year when he's MVP through 5,000 yards. Everybody thought he'd be back. Never did you can't possibly make the argument that he's the greatest quarterback of all time with no rings. Like that's the rivers thing. If he doesn't sneak a ring with the Colts in the next call in the final two or three years, or probably two. I mean, I, I understand that there's a chance he won't get in the hall of fame. Like if he gets a ring, it's a slam dunk. You know, Ben and I mean, Brady and breeze are in a different category. Rogers probably too, even with one ring just because of his talent and, and, you know, MVPs. Um, Ben is a little bit closer, but he's got the rings. So it's a, it's no one's going to argue it. Like I, I think if you took away the rings, if you take away Eli's rings, he is not getting in the Hall of Fame. That one's not even close, but I do agree with everything you said. And it's basically if Matt Ryan doesn't win one ring, if Philip River, I think one ring, just one ring, both those guys would get in. Plan but without it, get in. I, I don't think they get in. And I think a big part of that is you're not going to put in 10 quarterbacks from the same generation. You know, like there are a bunch – he listed, I think, six quarterbacks here with Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, uh, Ben, and then obviously Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers. But then you also have, like, Peyton Manning. That's also part of this generation. Eli Manning is going to be a hot Hall of Fame debate. So there are 
a bunch of quarterbacks, and I just don't see that many from this generation getting. So I, I don't think they will get in unless they win a Super Bowl. I, I disagree that, and I think that they will get in because when the discussion is happening for their cases, where by the time that it happens, and Matt Ryan probably has what five or six years left. Rivers has, I mean, maybe maybe more. Yeah, Rivers is. Yeah, no, Rivers has less years. Left. I'm saying Matt Ryan has five or oh, six, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. more. I mean, who? Yeah, you know, I I think by the time that Ryan and Rivers are up for discussion with the Hall of Fame, that their numbers will be so big in the context of where we stand historically that it will be too difficult to keep them out, even if it's not a first ballot uh, thing. Yeah, we'll see. It may take time. Yeah, but I, I do think both of those guys will probably – I think Rivers with three more years will get in, even without a ring. And Ryan – What are you hanging your hat on with Matt Ryan in your get a man speech, though? I mean, he won, He had one of the most dominant seasons in NFL history and won an MVP and was 28-3 in the Super Bowl until Tom Brady and – Right. Save that part. Back on him. Like, they should – I mean, like, he should have a ring. Like Rivers, I, I, I'm on board with Rivers. Matt Ryan, I'm like, yeah. 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 Uh, well, all right. Matt Ryan, I mean, he, he, how did he not lead the league in passing yards in MVP season? That's crazy. Um, I mean, he has 51,186 passing yards right now, 65% completions, 321 passing touchdowns. You know, he led the league in adjusted yards per attempt, uh, quarterback rate. QBR, net yards per attempt, approximate value that year. I mean, he has never really had a bad season, taking third overall behind the Not Long Brothers, um, Jake and friend of the podcast, Chris Long, uh, who were one and two that year. That's a good trivia, too. Was that 2007? Yep. No, Matt Ryan's 2008. Is that right? Yeah, because he yeah. and Jake Flacco. How do we know 2008, not 2010? weird. Uh, anyway, I, I think – so he's – Matt Ryan is – 35. Oh, he's 35 now. Yeah. What'd you think? But let's he say he's got, he doesn't have five or six more years then. Five or less. I mean, five he just stands back there. Yeah. He stands back there and throws the ball. He ain't running around. He never was a runner. Yeah. So he's the 2016 offensive player of the year, one time MVP, 2018 AP, uh, rookie of the year, one time all pro, four time pro bowler. I, I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but it ain't. He's a good player, but is he a Hall of Famer? That's what I'm saying. Man, I was thinking he was like 32. No, he and Joe Flacco, you know, they came out the same year. They're both old. Maybe he's not. (laughs) We convinced him. (laughs) I will say over the past, uh, I think 35 years, there have only been three quarterbacks that won MVP and did not or are not in the Hall of Fame, but also obviously active players do not count on that list. Uh, you guys want to try and name them or just want me to tell you? Hold on. All right, wait. So over the past 35 years, quarterbacks who have won because Matt Ryan has won MVP. That's obviously part of his argument. But that's he's not one of them. He's not one of them. Active right, players so do retired, not count. So retired players who have won MVP who are not in the Hall of Fame. This is good trivia. Retired retired quarterbacks. Retired quarterbacks who won the MVP who are not in the Hall of Fame over the past 35 years. 35 years. Um. Okay. So let's just think about. Oh, uh, Steve McNair. That is one, and if you even thought about why I thought of this, you'll get another one. Ken Anderson. He's, oh, Boomer Esiason. There you go. Ken Anderson's 82, so he's, or 81, so he's before, out the 35. But, yes, uh-huh. Boomer is on the list. Did Ken Anderson win MVP, though? 
Yeah, he won. Okay, all right, so not crazy. Okay, he would. Yeah, he would be on the list if we went back forty years. So Boomer, McNair, Andy Dalton. I don't know. Um, okay, let's see. Cam, Matt Ryan, both still active. This quarterback, very similar to Matt Ryan, won the MVP and played in the Super Bowl. Played in the Super Bowl. Hold on. Um, can you? Oh, no. Say it. It's not Donovan McNabb didn't win MVP, did he? No. No, what? No. no. Reach would say if it was. I, you guys got two or three. I, I just. Keep hold on, hold on, hold on. We're okay. gonna get another one. Okay. Um, what decade? A decade, yeah. Uh, the two thousands. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Even Super Bowl two thousands. Joe Flacco didn't win MVP. Um. Is the two- when you say two thousands, you don't mean two thousand ten, right? You I mean, mean this century. Okay. Oh, so it could be any time since two thousand. But the player also cannot be active, so that eliminates uh, right. a handful of people off the list. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but he won MVP, too. So who potentially I, a friend I know of the pod? I, I know it. I know it. I know it. Wait, I will say I'm surprised oh, I Clemson it. got McNair before this one. He's our colleague, Rich Gannon. It is Rich Gannon. Yes! All right. That's good trivia work. Got that legit? The last one? What? Yeah. Well, I was running through the MVPs, and I was running through the quarterbacks of the 2000s, and that's good. Yeah, Played Rich Gannon won MVP in 2000, 2000? 2002. 2002. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, 2002. They, remember they lost? Obviously, got blown out by the Buccaneers and Gruden, who had just been traded there, and then Gannon retired shortly thereafter. And, and looking at his, because you, know, you you do that when you when we talked to Gannon, friend of the podcast, Rich Gannon, um, did a long episode with us. But I was looking at his career numbers. And it was like, uh, yeah, you know, like, you, you don't want to like, you know, you, you want to make sure you know somebody's numbers when you're talking to them about their, you know, their game. And I don't think he has a case for the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. I mean, probably not, but you're talking about, you know, Matt Ryan winning one MVP and getting to a Super Bowl doesn't put him, it, it, the Super Bowl ring just helps a lot. You know, you can't hang your hat on that. I would one argue MVP. that Rich Gannon may have a better career than Matt Ryan. I know he started off slowly. He was a, I think, day three pick or whatever it was. Well, you would know if you listen to the podcast. We talked to him about that. It was like, I don't, yeah, he was a fourth round pick out of Delaware. By the Patriots. Delaware. Patriots for a while. That's right. Talking to him about it, it was a lot for him about getting to Oakland. It's, it's sort of like Carson Palmer and the Cardinals, you know, like it, like it's about getting to, it's about a match with a coach. Carson Palmer was good with the Bengals too, but. You know, like yeah. for him, he got to Oakland and he and, uh, Gruden, I didn't even realize this. He was actually older than Gruden when they, when he got there. That's so they were right about the same age. And so he said they became very good friends and they became a good match. And Gruden was a great coach and Rich's strengths fit perfect, meshed perfectly. Um, you know, with what, with what Gruden's offense called for. And so, yeah, that was, um, huge year for him, by the way. 4,689 passing yards, led the league in 2002, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks, 618 passing attempts, completed 67.6% of his passes. That was big back then. All right. So that would be the show, but we have to do one more thing. Oh, yeah. I have a question. Here's my mailbag question. Not to you guys. It's to the listeners. Uh, I'll tell you exactly where it came from. So my oldest is 13. Um, you know, school is going to happen in some way, shape, or form in the next few weeks. Question, is it? No, uh, no. Um, so he doesn't have a phone. Like, we didn't give him a phone because, oh. like, you can have an iPod 
for now because you're 11, 12. Out, what happens if he's like out and he needs to contact well, you? Now that he's going to be in eighth grade, we're going to get him a phone. Okay. Um, so that he'll get a phone. There will be limits on it. I'm going to let him do all sorts of stuff because I remember when I was 13 and what I was up to, if I had a phone with instant access to naked stuff, guess what I'd be looking at all day? Yeah. Um, we, had to, we had to fire up our parents' AOL account and download JPEGs. We had to sneak around and find Playboys. I mean, oh, there yeah, was, that too, obviously. No computers. Yeah, when uh, you find your dad's Playboy sash, it is a game changer. Yeah, and I, my advice to you is just make sure you're not sloppy about leaving the magazines laying around. Don't ruin. Yeah, way, I mean, did, did did all dads have like? I mean, did, mine didn't. Okay, you'd have to. Um, I shouldn't really be telling on my dad here. I don't think he has them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> retrospect, it's not even a big deal. You know, okay, like, in retrospect, Playboy is like. I mean, like it's like. Playboy's tame compared to what these kids see in 2012. Yeah, interviews, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not, my dad didn't, or at least he hit him. I never found him. But, Bridge. um, oh, Bridges' dad definitely did. He's a professional athlete. Yeah, it'd, it'd be front page news. You can't be caught with that. No, no, he, though, he, he, he's not, not normal. <laughs> not caught. Well, you have to, you have to be caught with it. Or otherwise. Right. But, um, so anyway, well, he'll get a phone in a few weeks, but even before he got the phone, he said, so listen, I want to get, I want to get on Instagram and Snapchat. And my wife was like, no, that's not happening. And, um, so I was talking to some of my, my colleague, my colleagues, some of my buddies who have kids that are older and they're like, no, we don't do social media for our, like just turn teenagers. Cause it's just like Snapchat, especially like, I don't know, Devo, if you're on Snapchat, I'm not on there, but I know like, um, 24 hours and things go away. So you can't even keep up with what they're doing. Um, so I just wanted to know, number one, if people listen to this podcast and they have kids, do there, are there kids on social media when they let them do it? Do you have any regrets? Or if you listen to this podcast and you're a teenager, are you on social media? I'm assuming you are. When did you do it? What are your thoughts about it? Because right now my wife's plan is not to let, let our 13-year-old get a, any sort of social media app until he's like 15 or 16, which I'm sort of okay with. You know, Robbie uh, plays this game called Roblox. You guys know about this? Yeah, I know Roblox. Okay, it's there's also a lot of violent stuff in there. Like we had oh, that. I know that. I don't know it well. I just he was playing this. He was playing this like piggy game. I was like, oh, what's piggy do? And the piggy comes out and looks at a knife. You're like, uh, hey, about buddy, uh, how about no more piggy? Okay, he's like, all right. Um, Robbie, there's a chat feature on there, but like you can set parental controls. Right. Um, I don't know what I would do with social. I mean, like you don't want your kid on Twitter. The kids even tweet? They don't do Twitter. It's the, the, the um, young kids don't do Twitter. They do Instagram and Snapchat, best I understand. And, and his argument is, listen, uh, my friends only – and my nephew, who's 19, 18, almost 19 now, said, yeah, we only chat. Like, we only text on Snapchat. Like, they don't use the text on your phone. Mm. So I said to my Snapchat, son – Snapchat's concerning because it deletes after a certain amount of time. Right. And they're – Yeah. So, and he's 13 and like he, he's, that's like in high school. I just want to go to the party. We just eat ice cream there. That's all. Nothing else. Now here's, here's what I would probably do as a parent. And I'm not saying that this is the right here, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm saying, well, as a, as a, a probably six, so I'm not really sweating the parental controls. Although a little punk knows how to work his way around YouTube and find some weird stuff. There you go. Um, not going to show up for a podcast one day because Robbie locked him out. That happened, that happened, it happened like two weeks ago. He's like, I locked you out of your office. I was like, what are you doing, pal? Um, so what I would do if, if I, in, in your shoes, Ryan, I would say this, I mean, and let me, I'm curious what you think. This is off the top of my head, how I would handle this. And my wife came to me and was like, we had to do the social media thing. I would say, listen, here's the deal. You can have Snapchat and you can have Instagram, but we get your logins. We're not going to check unless we are, have concerns because 
of things that like if we, if we are concerned about you, we will check your social media. It's funny. It's funny you say that because I said because um, we check his. We're supposed to check his iPod now. I don't really check it for texting. Right. I said uh, we will have your law. I said exactly what you just said, and uh, he, he called my bluff. He goes, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, I think that's fine. Like, what's, I mean, but what's here's the thing: like, it's then it puts the burden on you as a parent to have to look at every single thing this thirteen year old is doing because, um, you know, when you're thirteen, you get get up to all sort of stuff. And I understand. I don't like, know what it, like. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I said. He, I actually, I you're right. I, I would imagine ninety five percent of what he does is fine. I, I think, but I see, here's, here's my thing. I would think if I were y'all that you will have an idea if he is up to something. Cause he'll start acting weird. Yeah. That's you know, fine. If, if he starts being a, like a total recluse or like, like hiding with his, you know, like if he starts acting really weird, then I think you just check it on the sly or you just monitor it and open it up in your app and like, and just, you know, do that. No, I wouldn't even check. I would check on, I would check it on the, on the out and open, let them know about it. But th- that's one aspect of it. And that is actually probably a smaller aspect of it than the other part, which is when you're on Instagram, Snapchat, which the main means of communication is like video or f- a photo, you see like your buddies doing stuff that they're not really doing sort of how Instagram works anyway. You know, no one's actually living that life. Right. And then you find out who's at parties and doing things and you're out of those parties and then it becomes a whole sort of social clicky thing. Not even in high school, like it used to be where you're doing it over the phone. And, you know, if you're 13, I don't want us to deal with that. So that's where we're at. Anyway, I'm taking solicitations on. on I think you give them Instagram. That's what I got out of all that. My 14-year-old nephew just got – or my 12-year-old nephew is getting a cell phone. Yeah. uh, Because here's what would happen is that his friends would send texts that went to my sister. Yeah. The kid's mom. And then – my sister would show it to him, and then he would text back, and then give the phone back to my my sister. Been and there. she's like, "I am over that. I'm going to give him a phone that only texts, and that we can access everything." So the 12 year old is not going to be allowed on social media, but the 14 year old, I think, is allowed to have like an Instagram account. You know, you actually, you know, here's I know what you should do, Ryan. <laughs> so no, no, this is a good, this is a good solution. All right, what do you? So got? you you have, I, I'm presuming you have some sort of older iPhone sitting around. Oh yeah, I got an iPhone four. If you want me to go old school. Right, right, but you don't use it. Right, yeah, yeah. It's just sitting but there. you could update its settings and basically turn it into a duplicate version of the phone that you're giving your son. So, like, you, you lo- you're like, listen, you are logging in under your iOS. Oh, right, yeah. You will yeah. get alerts for anything you do. We're not going to look. We're not going to check. No, we will look. Don't even leave that. You don't leave that part. Oh, yeah, tell be, like, be like, listen, everything that you do will be alerted here. And that way, that way he, he knows that you probably aren't looking at everything because there's too much crap coming through. And he could turn on like four. I mean, like if you really wanted to call your bluff, he could download like 600 sports apps and set it for like every alert, like every golf alert, or like download the PGA tour lap and, and like, and favorite every golfer. So yeah. every time they tee off or like go up or down the leaderboard, you get an alert. But I mean, my, my point being is that if, if you have a duplicate version of the phone that's getting the alerts, He'll feel a lot less free about hiding stuff, I think. Yeah, I don't even know if he's hiding anything, and I think in general he he does what he's supposed to be doing and all that other stuff. That's right, but I'm just saying you have a failsafe, a backup. And the other the other end of the conversation is this: you don't want to repress the kid to the point that when he goes to college, he's like me and goes crazy. So sure. you have to sort of balance it out. But he's 13, so you have a few years. But anyway, so that's the question. I got Breach and Brinson's answers. Anyone else want to weigh in? Debo, do you have any thoughts? I would lean towards breach the Instagram. I think Snapchat. Like sometimes I don't even want to be on there. I was like, why? Why, why am I? Why am I on this app? I'm I'm 29 years old. Wait, 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 wait. Like, what do you mean? Like, what's happening? 
It's really phased out. Like it was popular when when started to get popular when I was in college, and then it it yeah. kind of stays at that age, and you grow out of it. While Instagram's the thing, and and you can keep tabs easier on Instagram because there's some because of the disappearing nature of of Snapchat, it, it's hard to keep. Well, when 100%. Snapchat first showed up, I mean, like I was already like Ryan and I and, and Breach, I guess too, were already too old for it, so it was like considered like the D pick. It's like people are just sending like. You know, like that's that's what we thought Snapchat. I, I looked it up. Uh, I had to read up on it. it. Was originally selling itself as sort of a sex app kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, you could send pics to people who you were friends with on there, and then it would disappear. Right. I can't believe we've talked about Trader Joe's and nudes on this podcast. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe you can't. All right. Anyway, that was my question. Sorry. For question. You. See, we we do parenting on here too. Yeah, there you go. And you were, little- you know, I bet you'll get some tweets from people who are like, Hey, dummy, here's the, here's like a very simple parental control item. But the other, I don't want to create more work for me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's one more thing I have to do. I understand those things are out there. I just rather, you know what? well, here's a, here's another solution. Be a better parent. If yeah. you don't have to worry about your kid causing problems. I need a time machine to go back to the 18th. Well, I got, I got to time it right. I guess if I'm going to go back. Take him back. You go back to the 18th century and look. look. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go back that far. <laughs> I mean, you, no, could no, just, no. you could go back to like 98. I mean, there you go. There you go. 98. I mean, even how old is your son again? 13? You can, or you can go back to 2005. I know. Okay. Oh my God. Can you imagine being in 2005 right now? How sweet would that be? Oh, it'd be great. Or even yeah. 2000. And- Although a year before YouTube, so we they, no one could see us have this in, insane conversation. One, oh, one year we, after I mean, podcasting started. How far back would you? Yeah, that's what you would do. Is you go back and well, podcasting started around 2005, which I think you would know better than me, Debo, because I used to listen to the Ricky Gervais podcast, and it was like the only show in town. People would send in email questions every week. Yeah, well, it, if, if Simmons wasn't doing his podcast when he was first, at, he wasn't doing it in '99 or 2000. Seven, I think it's when no, it started. It officially, podcasting originated in, in 2004, but Oop, it didn't really take its even close to its current form until way after that. I, well, um, let's get out of here. Yeah. Good show. Great show. Tremendous show. See you guys tomorrow. We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says Couples Therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or breakthrough on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free.